the injury bug bites the NBA. As Tyrese Halliburton and John Morant suffer significant injuries, but the Pacers still found a way to get an upset win versus the Celtics. The Clippers eclipse the Suns. The Bucks might be in trouble. All this and more on Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily source for all things NBA from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making this your first listen. We appreciate you being an everyday or checking this out Monday through Friday here getting you wrapped up with all the things that you need to know about all things going on in the NBA here on Locked On NBA. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network and co-host of Locked On Nuggets. I'm joined by David Ramil, co-host of Locked On Heat. We're going to break down the big action in the NBA on Monday night. We'll talk about some injuries that have occurred, including in the second segment, we'll get to John Morant, who unfortunately is going to be out for the season. We'll talk about what that means for Memphis, both now and going forward. The Clippers get a big win versus the Suns, and the Bucks lost to the Jazz. Plus, we'll wrap up looking around the rest of the association in tonight's games. But we'll start, David, in Indiana, as the Indiana Pacers get an upset win, but at what cost? Tyrese Halliburton in the second quarter. Wearing new shoes, notably, uh, skids out. His leg slips out from under him, and he winds up doing the splits. And immediately was down. Immediately, you could see that he knew something was wrong. Immediately, wasn't a lot of pain. Had to be carried off uh, eventually by teammates to the locker room. Did not return. It is being graded as a hamstring by the team. Is officially listed as a hamstring strain. Of course, tomorrow we'll wait for news from the MRI. They'll occur tomorrow morning on Tuesday. As you're listening to this, it'll occur in the morning. News will break either from the Pacers or more likely from one of the big news breakers um, sometime between 12 and 5 Eastern, I would expect, tomorrow. Um, it, it's a huge loss, obviously, David. Um, I do think that if it's between a hamstring and a groin, which was the first thing I thought it was and that yeah. the Pacers announced crew thought it was, um, that's a big win because there is a much higher chance of him returning the season, depending on the severity of a sprain or terror. Um, then if it's with a groin groins take way, way longer and most and require surgery at a much higher rate than hamstrings. That's not to say that if it's a severe tear of the hamstring, he wouldn't need surgery, but, uh, it's optimistic. I think to look at it, if it's a hamstring, that's a lot better than a groin. Absolutely. Uh, taking it a step back, I actually heard that I'm not a conspiracy theorist, nor am I necessarily a shoe guy. But for one, uh, Tyrese had suffered an earlier fall, same foot, same thing. He tried planting on a drive to the hoop, slipped, leg gave out from under him. And then as far as the shoe is concerned, Tyler Hero also wearing similar shoes tonight in pregame, shooting up for their matchup against the Houston Rockets. The shoe blows out completely, and he winds up having to replace it before the game starts. So I don't know if this is a manufacturing issue. And again, we're not throwing any particular shoe under the bus or anything like that, but it's a concern. As far as the injury itself, really unfortunate. But at the same time, you're right. Uh, certainly a blessing for Tyrese and the Pacers that it, it might not be as severe as previously had been thought. 
But there are concerns, right? Like now we're talking about what could potentially be. I mean, we're speculating here. What could be four to six, maybe even longer weeks uh, taking through past the trade deadline, past the all-star break. And this is a team that was potentially looking to make a major acquisition, maybe even in talks to Pascal Siakam or somebody similarly to upgrade their roster. And I know Indiana's success this season was kind of unexpected. I don't think anybody really projected them to be this good and to be this electric of an offense with some potential there. And yet at the same time, I think they were looking to make as deep a playoff run as they possibly could. What, what's your take on the rest of their season? Do they, I mean, they can't put anything on hold necessarily. This isn't as severe as the John Morant news that we'll get to in the next segment. Do you think this still keeps them in the hunt for a potential trade in a month or so, or do they just kind of say the season's lost? There's no real point here. Uh, and we'll see whether or not we can get them back soon enough where we can continue to make a push for the playoffs. I think it entirely depends on the severity of the injury, right? I think if you're, if it's, uh, if it's God forbid, and I really hope this isn't the case because Hallie's been maybe my favorite player to watch this season, but if it's season ending, right, then that, that shifts your timeline. You go, all right, we need to wait. Let's wait till the off season. We'll try and get everything in, in, in the line. If the trade is there, you continue to, to take the calls and you do it. If it makes sense sure. for you. Um, I do. My understanding is that he's probably that the Pacers are probably at the bottom of the Siakam list for a number of reasons. So I'm not right. expecting him to be, them to get on that. But as they look for another option, there might be a third team. You know, they'll still look for those kind of trades if it makes sense for them long term. But I don't necessarily think that you, you create some urgency. On the other hand, if it's like, oh, it's going to be a month, okay, you can live with that. You can survive that. You can get through that. Especially like we're right at this kind of time, uh, January eighth. If 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 it's five weeks, okay, well, you get the all-star break, so that's really a month, right? So right. you're in this space where you might be able to get him back after the all-star break and make a push again for the playoffs. They are 8-23 and 23 the last two seasons without Hal Burton in the lineup straight up. That's uh, a, a rough number. Um, yeah. Now, this team, I think, is better, and they showed that by getting the win yes. versus the Celtics tonight. Uh, Miles Turner in particular was huge in this game. Him and Benjamin Matherin, uh, Benedict Matherin, yes. sorry. Um, were the ones that really stepped up and, and delivered in this one. Uh, Turner in particular went into the post and scored down low, like for a Pacers team that shoots so many threes, he really got, got working on, on the offensive glass and on the post-ups, they crashed the offensive glass and did a really good job. And it kind of shows you, you know, maybe this team is better built than last year's team to be able to survive the Hal Burton injury. Cause they fell completely off, but look, Hal Burton's the engine, right? He is the engine, the number two offense in the league. And that's their entire identity. They've been a little bit better defensively lately. But without him, um, it's going to be really rough. And this is this goes from the Pacers have a really good chance of making the playoffs to the Pacers have a chance of making the playoffs, depending on how long he's out. And if he's out longer, obviously we'll talk about that more on the show uh, throughout the week. But um, from my perspective, I don't think you necessarily shift anything in the immediate as far as your trade stuff goes. Uh, no. You just kind of take it as it comes, try and get through the stretch as best you can, and you wait for the MRI and see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, 7-3 and three over the last 10. They're currently 6th in the Eastern Conference standings. That's very flexible, obviously, and given the fact that they haven't won a lot without him. I'm looking for them to kind of find a way for, for other players to step up. Like, Matherin in particular has been great. Like, he was great tonight. He's been great over the last few games. I saw that in the broadcast that he scored around 20 points per game over the last five games. He eclipsed that tonight. Uh, I think he's probably got a better opportunity. I would imagine he'd probably start uh in, in in Tyrese's place there so I'm curious to see how they'll get contributions from other players but they do I mean you're right it, this is 
like you said, the engine and and perhaps no greater engine aside from like say maybe Luka Doncic in the NBA right now. What Halliburton has been able to do to transform this team uh, to follow what he can produce on the floor, it's a great loss for them. So we wish him all the best because injuries do suck. It was a real, real nasty night to be following these games, trying to cover the Heat game tonight, and at the same time seeing Tyrese perhaps sustain a major injury, and then moments later it felt like getting the news from Grizzlies PR that Jaw was going to be out for the rest of the season too. Yeah, we'll talk about that unfortunate news on the other side, what it means for Memphis. Are they going to be able to do anything for the rest of the season? Is this just a lost cause? What does this look like for them? Will they be sellers of the deadline? We'll talk about all those issues and more coming up next on Locked On NBA. Right now I want to tell you about BetterHelp. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, You know, therapy is good for a lot of things. It can help you work through your emotions and complex traumas and things like that. But guess what? It's also really good for just building better habits. You know, around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organize one part of your space and you want to tackle another, or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat a good breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. Cognitive therapy can be really successful for people, and that's not necessarily... You know, it's like psychotherapy, digging into feelings and all that. You can just work on how to better change your processes internally to focus your mind on what needs to be focused on, to clear out the junk, clear out the the clatter, help with the anxiety and, and different things that get in the way of us in life. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on MBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on MBA. We'll be right back on Locked on MBA. segment here on locked on nba on tuesday glad to have you guys with us matt moore and david ramil want to let you know that locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on youtube locked on sports today is here for you 24 7 covering the top sports stories sports stories of the day with local experts from locked on plus our national shows like locked on nba covering every league go to locked on sports today on youtube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel all right david so let's get to some rough news for the memphis grizzlies uh sham sharania first reported and then the grizzlies followed up with a press release seconds later john morant has suffered a torn labrum and is out for the season Ja plays just nine games in his return from suspension uh this is after stephen adams was ruled out the week before preseason this is after Brandon Clark is out for the end for what probably now will be the entire season after suffering an Achilles, uh, Achilles tear. That's after Marcus Smart missed over a month of play due to an injury. Um, sometimes NBA teams just get the year from hell and the Grizzlies got the year from hell this year. That's it. That's it. That's all it is. That's it. Right? And we'll be right back. I, I, yeah, no. <laughs> no, I mean, 
you know, what can he say? Like, it's unfortunate because you know you want him to be able to move past the the string of incidents and everything else. The I mean, there was a lot of criticism. Some of it warranted, some of it not. Um, you know, whatever issues he might have been dealing with off the court, etc. But there is no denying his presence on the court made the Grizzlies a better team. They were six and yeah. three during those nine games in which he played, and there was some optimism that maybe they might be able to claw their way into. A playoff seed, maybe even a playing tournament, you know, something along those lines. But I think it seems unlikely now. And look, they they've been getting if there's an optimism or, or a silver lining to the whole thing, it's you know, you're getting Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain to get more significant playing time to be the focus of this team so that they become better, more well-rounded players, and they'll continue to get opportunities to grow and maybe showcase what they could do and maybe potentially carry this team into that playing tournament kind of realm but that seems so unlikely i mean the utah jazz are playing really well the lakers the warriors they're all in that kind of mix there it just doesn't seem likely that memphis is going to compete for anything significant but you know we see this throughout nba history too when when that pressure's off it's like you know what everybody's counted us off already there's nothing to wait for what do we got to lose let's just go out there every game and see what can happen maybe we'll win enough of them where we can actually compete for a playoff season uh, I think we'll probably be seeing some uh, hamstring soreness for Desmond Bain and or Jaron Jackson here. You think shut it down? After All-Star, you give it the next month to see if you can pull off something amazing. And Fair enough. If you make a run and you, you put together some good play and you do wind up having something happen. The bigger question for me is honestly, I mean, look, I given the roster state, there is already, this happens more often than you'd think that, teams will have in their mind like this is a gap year for us like we're we're gonna play two games and yeah like if things change we'll react to that and we'll go for it if things get worse we'll react to that but for the most part like oh we're we're about where we thought we would be you know we know that the injuries and whatever else like this is a, a little bit of a, of a gap year so to speak i'm not saying that memphis had that intention this year but with the way that they built the roster they did not build this roster to be like ready to go the second jaw got back Right, they were still Bismack Biombo was starting for the Memphis Grizzlies. That that's just where they're at, right? And so this summer, now it's now for sure it's it's you don't make any sort of serious moves in terms of adding. All you do right now is you canvas for offers for the young guys, which they've been doing anyway. Jake Laravia, uh, David Roddy, Conchar, um, Zaire Williams. Um, that I think uh, Zaire is, is definitely one that they're going to want to take a look at. You canvas for those guys and quite honestly, Marcus Smart. Like you see what's on the table for Marcus Smart because he has not been a perfect fit. Like I thought he was going to be, I really did think he was going to be a great fit. Hasn't been a great fit. Um, might be an opportunity to, to get somebody on a contender to sell uh, low on a guy, maybe a, a young prospect that they can get. I would probably call the Warriors to be quite honest with you um, about that Miami kind of use support card. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that that's what you do here. And then you just go into the summer and you try and find some veterans to fill out the bench. You get Steven Adams, hopefully, and Brandon Clark back, you get jaw back and you just start fresh next year. This is, this is now a, all right, we're just going to press the reset button. And part of that though, is you do need to make sure you do not lose Jaron Jackson or Desmond Bain in games that ultimately do not matter uh, to serious injuries. Now they may want to compete and they may have incentives and contracts and things like that. 
which definitely will impact things. But um, I would expect Memphis to have to pivot in the other, other direction right now. Okay. I mean, it's, is this team good enough to win as currently constructed? Like, I mean, Marcus Smart, you mentioned earlier, he'd been missing some time. Now he's back. You know, with Jaron, with Desmond, is there enough depth here so they can be at least competitive? I mean, I guess the next month will tell, as we kind of laid out earlier. But I think I think there's still the potential. I, I think this – maybe it's just fans or people that follow the team, but there's still belief, at least from that side of things, that they can still be competitive, that they're not going to throw in the towel right away. But as an organization, to your point, maybe they see a bigger picture there where they have to protect – their younger players from themselves and whatever and good intentions fans might want like fans always want teams to be competitive but at the same time if that puts your great players the players that are currently on the roster and are available to play at further risk you really can't take that chance so it's as i i mean i don't see why they wouldn't at least try to see what they can string together over the next couple of weeks and, and see if maybe they can pull it out at the same time I can understand the risk factor there. It's just, it feels like it gives Grizzlies fans so little to hope for if you just have to say, you know what, here we are, not even half the season in, and there was already so much dogging us from the very beginning, and now we're, there's no hope at all, so we're just going to go, you know, clearly and obviously throw in the towel and say we can't make this a, a, a season of a salvageable season. Yeah, it's tough when it's like, yeah, we'll see you in October. I mean, that's just... <laughs> You know, but quite honestly, the season has just gone so awry for them. Um, and like, look, I, we've seen crazier things. It's just like I've seen I saw how bad that team was before Jog, you know, came in and they had started to play like a little bit better. Their defense is stabilized, but they just can't score. Like they, they just cannot score. They need when Jaw was there, it really made everything click together. It opened things for Desmond Bain. It opened things for Darren Jackson, who's played really great offensively lately. Um, you know, they just got done knocking off the Lakers and the Suns. It was they were playing great basketball. What's totally bad about this is it happened in a in a in a workout. It wasn't even in a game. Just John right. suffered in a, in a in a workout. Um, you know, and there'll be questions about is it because he wasn't in game shape because of um the suspension, but it's like, look, this is a torn labrum. This is just one of those things that happens. This is not, you know, it's not a knee that blew out. It's not, you know, a hamstring. This is just one of those things that occurred in a in a workout. And uh, here they are. We'll see where the Grizzlies go from here. Up next, we'll go around the NBA and catch up on the other games tonight, including the Clippers get a big win versus the Suns. And uh, it we're gonna have to talk about the Bucks because the the Bucks are in trouble here, and and we're gonna have to get to that. We'll talk about that up next on Locked On NBA. Let's talk about FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapped up, but there's still time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet that's 150 bucks in bonus bets win or lose i've already bet the houston texans this weekend as a dog versus the cleveland browns i just think cj stroud deserves a little bit more respect than that at home uh instead of being that big of a, of a dog in his own place no matter if he is a rookie or not uh also probably gonna lean towards the tampa bay buccaneers because you know the eagles are not not playing well 
The app's easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays and more. FanDuel is one of the only books that will allow you to parlay award winners, so you can put together a nice Joel Embiid to win MVP, Victor Wembanyama to win Rookie of the Year, Tyrese Maxey to win Most Improved. Mm. Put that in there with whoever else you want to get in there. Maybe some... Uh, Jaime Hawkins, Rookie of the Year, if you want to go for a long shot. And uh, you can get some uh, some pretty good odds there. So make sure to check that out at FanDuel Sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We'll be right back on Locked on NBA. Final segment here on Locked On NBA on a Tuesday. Thanks for joining us. Let's bounce around the NBA and check out all the action from Monday night. Uh, let's start here, David, as the Los Angeles Clippers get the win over the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Durant goes for 30. Booker goes for 20. Beal goes for 15. So that's 65 points and the rest of the... And the, and the Suns only put up 111. Meanwhile... Oh boy, this Clippers team is so like that Lakers win over them looks even better. Just given how good this Clippers team really is now that they've settled in uh, 25 from Paul George. Kawhi Leonard had 17 on eight of 15 shooting and he slammed the door with them breaking the game open late or early in the fourth quarter. Um, they got 14 points off the bench from Norman Powell, who's playing great basketball right now. He was a plus yeah. 20 in this game. Paul George was the, was the guy in this game, 10 of 19 from the field, seven boards, uh, for PG, he played absolutely terrific. How about uh, James Harden with 19 points, 10 assists to go with seven rebounds? They're getting good, really good contributions from everybody right now. Zubach is playing great. Um, you know, Tice off the bench honestly gives them some really good minutes. Like he had, he was a plus 15 tonight. Amir Coffee is giving them good minutes. Like they are, they are a complete team that also has these four star players really three-star players. Sorry, Russ. Um, and that was really the difference with the Suns where Grayson Allen did not, has been shooting the lights out recently, did not happen tonight as uh, Grayson Allen only goes for eight points on one of three shooting. The Suns just don't have that many guys. They really don't. They do not have a lot of contributors and they didn't get hardly any bench scoring in this one either. Yeah, I, I'm not concerned about the Suns either. I wasn't concerned really? about the Clippers. No, I, I really, I'm not. I, I still think, I still believe that this team is going to find a way to pull things together. I, I think there still have been rough spots incorporating the big three. Uh, I know Suns fans might be a little more skeptical, and, and, and they should be. They watch the team much more closely than I do, so I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll be ready to admit that and eat crow if I'm wrong about it. But I just think, you know, the regular season is one thing, but you're gearing up for a playoff run, and this team. And those three players have shown the capacity to to step it up, and I think they will. And and as far as the Clippers are concerned, I mean, we're kind of burying the lead a little bit. Like the Clippers are damn good, and I don't They're think so anybody, like everybody wanted to bury them after they struggled to incorporate Harden. You know, he, he redefined the system. He he was right. Like he said, I don't play a system. I am the system, and he has got everybody to toe the line to play alongside, and he has unlocked that team, and they have become 
like you said, a much more well-rounded team, much better than I think anybody had expected them to be. And they are dominant. Like, I think it's time to really, the conversation should be shifting into, are the Clippers like a real contender here? And I think the answer is pretty clearly yes. Do you have any concerns about their ability to compete for a title? Because, I mean, again, given that they have size, depth, et cetera, not to mention star-level talent, I, I think they might be the favorites in the Western Conference. I mean, I, they might be right up there alongside Denver Nuggets, I, I guess. But, I mean, other than that, I don't see any real competitors there. I, mean, I think they're the, the top two teams in the Western Conference, pretty clearly. I've been warning Nuggets fans for the last couple of weeks of like, hey, so I know that you've beaten them a bunch and you did come back on them 3-1. That was a different team four years ago. This team's a lot better. Things are different now. You should watch out. Um, you mentioned Harden. What's actually to me is really fascinating is that Harden is able to be Harden. Like they have found a way for Harden to be Harden and Kawhi to be Kawhi and PG to be PG. Like those guys are not disappearing. They each have nights where they have huge nights. Like PG was big tonight. Right. Kawhi Leonard's been fantastic over the last month. Like oh yeah, it's all coming together for them. They had a 141 offensive rating in this game. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, it's, that's it's pretty decent. No, it's not bad is what it is. Um, you know, and that to me honestly gets does get back to my concerns with the Suns, uh, who are, by the way, tied for um, or I'm sorry, yeah, are tied with the Rockets for the eighth spot in the Western Conference would be in the play-in if it started today. Um, their defense, I just don't think is up to snuff. The Clippers, my only concern is Tyloo has done a fantastic job of getting these guys to come together and like figure out and like fill the roster out. Like you know, Terrence Mann moving into the starting lineup, pulling that, finally pulling the trigger on that on that move was huge for them getting where they need to be. They've done all of the things where they need to kind of figure this stuff out, but Lou still sometimes goes to really small lineups. Yeah, he goes to extremely small lineups, and those lineups have not been terrific. And so I just kind of I'm always kind of looking for look. They have Zubac, who's played great over the last couple of weeks. They have Tice, they're going to get Mason Plumley back from injury eventually. That's three bigs. They should never have to go small. And like in today's NBA, you don't want to. You want size on the floor. Um, but I do want to go ahead and see that from them and make sure that they're not, and you know, make sure that he's not playing Russell Westbrook too much in those lineups mm -hmm. when the playoffs come. Those kind of questions, I think, will be something for them to for them to manage. Um, elsewhere, I we got to talk about this one. Um, the Utah Jazz roll on into. Milwaukee and the Bucks knock off. I'm sorry, the Jazz knock off the Bucks. What is happening? Uh, and this was this game, uh, you know, final score on this one uh, wound up 132, 116. So the Jazz won by 16. They were up 30 in the first half. Okay. And then the Bucks stormed back in the second half and got it to nine. To nine. And then the they ran out of steam, and the Jazz were able to hold them off. Uh, in the win, Laurie Marketing goes for 21 points. Jordan Clarkson goes for 21 points. Keontae George, the rookie, goes for 19 points. He looked great tonight. Um, John Collins adds in 19. The Bucks' defense is not good enough. We've seen it versus the Pacers. We've seen it versus the Jazz. These teams that are high level, like, I think the Bucks can beat these like an a an average, you know, a really solid team that's like tenth in offense and whatever. 
But the Jazz at full strength have a really good offense with Laurie Markkinen. They have a really good offense when those guys and, and Jordan Clarkson when those guys are playing. The Bucks cannot stop these teams. They cannot get stops. And this is only going to make the conversation. There is a lot of like tension about the question of Adrian Griffin and the hire of him. And that's only going to get louder as you continue to wonder, like, what's the problem with the Bucks defense? Everyone wanted to blame, well, they had Damian Lillard and Dame's not a great defender. So they're going to be a little bit worse defensively. First of all, they're way worse defensively. Second, Dame didn't play tonight. And they didn't lose because Dame wasn't there. They lost because they can't defend David. I do not think this Bucks team looks like a champion. Like they might get there. They got four months. This does not look like a championship level team to me. <laughs> it's a it's a tough one. I I, I think anything I say it's is always be... tough with you because it's like I can't what what you know. It's asking a Heat fan about whether or not six months of basketball matter when all you gotta do is just show up and then you just. Make the well, it's also in context of the Bucks. Like, I mean, Miami's beaten them when they were a much better defensive team. So, I, yeah. I don't know if that's if that you could look at it from that kind of perspective. I, I, I still think, like, I mean, they have their moments, right? But nothing's going to improve. Like, they're not going to suddenly congeal like into a great defensive force. You know, they're going to get back, you know, Jay Crowder at some point, but he's not the difference maker. I mean, yeah, he'll, no. he'll he'll help, but he, he's not. He's not the reason why their point of attack defense allows everybody to, you know, free will at the rim. So I, it's just they can't make a trade. There's no improvement on the horizon. I still think that they have enough where they can make a deep playoff run, but I don't think I don't think the acquisition of Lillard was the move. I mean, and I know again it's gonna seem like heat favoritism or anything like that, but I, I think you had a, a team in Miami that was much better equipped to incorporate Dame Lillard and make up for his weaknesses and still be much more competitive than the Bucks have been. I don't know. Again, maybe I'm mistaken, but I, I still think with, with Bam and Jimmy and the roster that Miami had, even whatever they would have given up in order to acquire Dame, it might've worked out better that way. And this isn't sour grapes. Honestly, I, I don't really care. Miami's doing pretty well without them and I've moved on at that point, but you know, acquiring a superstar seems like a solution on paper for every team and every fan base. But the reality is pieces have to fit and there has to be a hierarchy and that takes time to develop. And you also have to have those complementary roles so clearly defined. And for those players willing to embrace those complementary roles and Milwaukee doesn't have that, nor did they have the time to figure it out. So, and, and they don't have the structure. And to your point, they don't have the coaching either. So, there's a lot of concerns there. I, I think they'll still go on a deep playoff run. I just agree with you, however, that I don't think they're title contenders right now. Now, I they like could get out of the East. They could get out of the East because, you know, it's pretty wide open there as well. But I don't know that they're going to be a, seen as a, a powerhouse or anything like that the way they were in years past. I like how I thought I was coming in hot with this. The Bucks are not are not championship caliber. And you're like, I never thought they were. Like, so you're just like, <laughs> you're just like bypassing that. Um in unrelated news, I saw a lot of tweets about Nikola Jovic, who I see was two of nine from the field ah. for six points, had uh, six six assists, two steals, two blocks, and two the turnovers. Future. So good, the good future. for him. A lot, lot, of, lot of tweets about how good Jovic looked tonight. And then I was like, I, I, I think he's going to be a starter. And you, you, there's improvement there. He's 20 years old, Matt. He's playing defensively. Oh, the Jason Tatum thing. He's only 20 years old. Yeah, he's going to be 20 for a while now. No, but I mean, he's improving, and I think he's going to be hes going to be a difference maker. Look, with Miami, 
they don't have that star. They don't have – I mean, Jimmy, who knows what's going to happen with him. At the same time, Miami's deeper. They're better than they were last year, and, and they were pretty good last year too when it mattered most. Um, elsewhere, the Bulls had to get past the Hornets in overtime. Um, not an impressive game from them. That was more about how Charlotte was without Gordon Hayward and P.J. Washington, and a good reminder that uh, the Bulls might be a little bit better than they were, but they're still – not not great. This was not an impressive win by the Bulls. Uh, the Thunder got past the, the Wizards, just kind of kept them at arm's length. Shea Shit. was 32, 32 yeah. 6 and 5. Uh, Shea, Chet Holmgren was phenomenal in this game. Uh, Holmgren goes for 31 points, 11 of 14 from the field, and 4 of 5 from 3. Royce Young, who works for Thunder.com, said he keeps looking around like, why aren't they guarding me? And I was like, that's the Wizards, Chet. They're just... <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to guard you, buddy. That's that's how that goes. Uh, but another win to the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is good because they've been having a pretty rough East Coast road trip. Um, Rockets, he, I missed this one. Um, he get the win. It looked like just the typical heat. Everyone just kind of contributed, and the Rockets are not very good on the road. Anything yep. special to stand out from that game? No, aside from Nikola Jovic, but you don't want to talk about him. No Jimmy Butler. He <laughs> continues to nurse an injury. No, I, I think Miami just got a lot of nice contributions. Again, as I said, their depth makes them a better team than they were last year. Uh, I do have concerns, however, about Jimmy Butler and his health. Like I, I know his agent recently said that uh, you know the the long playoff runs plus the the Tibbs, the Miles, and everything else that have happened to Jimmy over his career. You know, they they they've taken away his effectiveness over the regular season. But I don't know that we're going to see the version of Jimmy Butler that we saw last year either. So I, I don't know. I think you're going to rely more, which is why they tried to acquire Lillard in the first place. They needed that complimentary score. They needed that guy to take over games so that Jimmy wouldn't have to be the guy who scored 45 points or 50 points against the Bucks, et cetera, in the first round. So I don't know. The, the Heat looked good, but at the same time, I'm, I have more concerns about their potential for a, a long playoff run. Uh, I thought Kyle Ariel played 16 minutes tonight. He have anything? Hurt his hand. Him? Hurt no, his hand. Hurt his hand. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, at least they've got a plethora of point guards, so they should be fine. All right. Let's got to wrap it up for Locked On NBA. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. You can catch tomorrow John Krause and Jake Madison for the phenomenal show. Uh, on Thursday, you can catch Path the Designer, Nick Angstat. And then on Fridays, you got Wes Goldberg, David's co host, and Adam Mares, my co host, to wrap up the week. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to have yourselves a great week. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked On NBA. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions.
go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.